0: Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Thomas. And this is the Unbossing
1: Podcast. A show about unleashing the full potential of every organization.
0: All right, Paul. Thank you so much for coming onto our podcast, and we're going to dive immediately into the conversation with the central question: Why is we more important than why?
2: Yeah, um, it's of course a good question, but we thought about the title of the book for uh, I think half a year, so we thought about it very carefully. But first, let me tell you also, uh, Thomas and Nick, thanks for being here, because uh, I always like to share my ideas and learn from you and share that with a lot of people. So thank you very much uh, for your time uh, and for also your, yeah, your endeavor to make the unbossing uh, a real issue, a real challenge. Um, the book we have written about the Dutch railways um, was about teaming, how to how to build teams and then from the teams go to the learning. Uh, you need first to have a team, a kind of basic agreements, how do you want to work together, what is our assignment, and how does all the uh, individual members connect to the assignment but also connect to the team. So Therefore, we use the whole way of teaming, team team creation, team development as a mean of learning and building a new organization. So therefore, we is more important than why, because sometimes you start with the we, and then with the we, you are going to decide what is our why, instead of starting from the why and then doing all the work, and forget that the collective and of all the individuals and also the team are need to perform to get a why, to get the assignments, uh, get to life. So the we forming, we team development is more important than the why.
0: Okay. So, um, and to be clear, when we talk about the why, we talk about the purpose of the organization.
2: Yeah. Or the yeah. assignment or the, the reason why we are here, the reason why we want to make money in this area or why do we want to be different. So all those elements uh, of, the, of the assignment, of the task, of the mission, or the purpose you have first develop a team and then the team wants to thrive for that mission okay? so therefore the why the we is more important than the why
0: okay um is this something that you experienced um somewhere um or yeah how how, how did you came to this come to this insight
2: Well, well, basically, I'm I'm working for more than 20 years in in organizations, non-profit and profit. And um, I've been now two times program manager, program director. And when I was consultant, we always worked with teams, but it was limited. And when I did my first program director assignment at a a Dutch insurance company, I I first uh, thought, we as management team i was part of the leadership team of that uh, insurance company first our team of six need to really come close and really need to connect to that mission to that to that program to that vision so i i first thought we need to first develop this team not six individuals but as a team connect to that assignment and then Later on, I, I came across that, that team, the team development is more important than the why. And then at uh, Dutch Railways, I met a guy uh, who is the co-author of this book, Alfred. And Alfred, is, uh, he is 10 years older than me. So he's, I assume, 10 years wiser than me. And he also did a lot of programs and projects in Asia. And in Asia, you have that collective, that, that togetherness. And so he also... Uh, so with, with him, with his insights, I developed my own vision with more sharpness. Yeah? So I, I always use team forming, but not so in an essential part of it. So thanks to, to, uh, uh, to Alfred, I can give more language to what I'm doing, basically. And the title was created by Dennis, the other co-author. He, he, he came back uh, to a team meeting and he said, I've got a title. We is more important than why. Mm. Both Alfred and myself said, "Oh, Dennis, you are a smart guy." Yeah? So Dennis is the creator of the title, and Alfred is the creator of the we uh, we way of working.
0: Yeah, and is it do, can we understand it in such black and white that if a company has to choose between starting an entire investing in a project to identify the purpose of the organization on the one side or investing in initiatives to uh, really develop um, uh, team culture that your advice is to do the latter yeah, yeah. cool cool that's, that poses a big of a problem for us, Thomas, uh, 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 a philosophical problem, because we always say that the purpose is the glue of the organization. And now this Dutch guy comes on our podcast <laughs> and he says, forget <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> it, it <laughs> First, build your it, it, teams. It's true. It's true. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the whole time about, about these questions. And uh, of course, what we are saying is that the uh, purpose is the glue of an unbossed organization and and uh, uh, paul do i assume rightly that you are talking about existing teams teams which are already there in this world and which don't have to be assembled first
3: Um, yes
2: and of course uh, if you have a, a current team or a present team Is this the team you want to make the transformation? Uh, I assume you both read the book um, uh, From Good to Great.
1: First the who, then
2: the what? Long ago. Yeah, but long ago, I think that was so five years of deep research. First who, and then the why. First, with whom are we going to drive the bus? Who do I want to have in my top team to make this? I don't want to spend a lot of energy uh, with people I don't uh, trust, I don't like. uh, They are not, uh, he or she is not uh, building to the transformation. So I strongly believe that the top team is the first step to, and then you develop the why, the purpose, and what have you.
1: (laughs) Paul. Are you saying that you first assemble, assemble uh, your dream team and then you decide if you're going for a ship or building a helicopter?
2: Uh, you, you could say it like that. Yeah. Your last question, eh, you said, I'm going to ask you at the end the question, what is the biggest mistake? For me, mm-hmm. the answer is, so I'm going to already answer it. The oh, biggest oh, no, mistake don't is. Oh, start- <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK. Mm-hmm. But the team is more important than the why. Yeah, you can always create a why. Yeah.
0: So, um, what does this mean practically, Paul? Uh, for example, um, you went on a journey with the Dutch railway uh, organization for five years. Um, how did you integrate this statement, this insight, this philosophy? into the approach uh, of the transformation of the Dutch railway stations.
1: Yeah, right. And what was this transformation about, Paul? Yeah,
2: Yeah, let me start with that one. The the Dutch railways, the purpose was not to unboss the Dutch railways. The the objective was to improve customer satisfaction with at least 5% in five years' time. And then for at least one year. So we had to improve our customer satisfaction with 5% for at least one year. And we achieved that in no month from 2004 until 2014. So there was not one month where we achieved that 5%. So we really had to dramatically improve our operations for our customer satisfaction. And so that was the objective. And the objective, It was set by our government. So it was not our own objective. It was the government's objective. And we had to comply. If we wouldn't comply in 2019, we wouldn't get the next 10 years of driving trains. So there was a huge urgency to improve our operations. And by doing that, improving the customer satisfaction, cleanliness of trains, information during train drive, friendly personnel more on time. So there were nine uh, customer satisfaction elements, but at the end we had to improve our complete operations. And then the next one, how does it apply at the Dutch railways? Dutch railways at that time was um, uh, 15,000 people and within, opera- within, opera- no, in, within operations it was 15,000 15, people. So quite a big uh, chunk. We aligned the leadership team about the concept of lean. We were using the concept of lean, not lean as a tool, but lean as a philosophy, making the best. Your podcast is about unleashing the potential of people. So the objective was unleashing the potential, but also unleashing the ownership for quality, the ownership for customer satisfaction, the ownership for delivering on a daily basis quality that was the objective and uh, not all the leaders were uh, hundred percent committed on on my assignment bringing lean into the company so it was also a journey of getting the leadership uh, into the purpose of bringing lean to the lowest level of our employees Um, and not with all the directors i was uh it was not, I was not the CEO, so I was not in charge of hiring and firing. Uh, so it also, for me, was a kind of, uh, yeah, uh, my personal mission to get uh, every director on board of this uh, assignment. And so it was not that I was the CEO and I had to uh, hire and fire people. Uh, and then I choose my friends who wanted to, in their pyramid, bringing lean, the lean philosophy, not lean as a tool, to the whole organization. And that is what we have been doing within uh, the railway staff. eh? So the conductors, the train drivers, but also the people uh, were doing the repair in the train, were doing the information. Uh, So it was at the end of uh, 50,000 people who we transformed within four or five years into that uh, way of working. Mm -hmm.
0: And um I would say the, the, the central theme in the book is um, whether it's about making agreements on how to work together, um, designing uh, your context of work, um, the first experiments you do, everything, the entire central team is team-based, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you start off in teams, um, start off with those who really want to, and then you go from there.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: And did you yeah, succeed after five years? Did you? Yeah.
2: We, our objective was to achieve 5% improvement in 2019. <laughs> we achieved 14%, one four. Uh, if you show the graph on page number 20 or 21, or you see the graph on page 20 or 21, it is a complete breakthrough after 10, 15 years of trying to improve the Dutch Railways. It, mm-hmm. is, it is incredible what, what, what has been done. And it was not me or the 10 lean consultants. It was the employees, the direct managers, their managers, their managers, and the leadership team. So it was a, a complete uh, overhaul of the company, step by step, by step, by step.
1: Yeah. So, Paul, that is uh, impressive for everybody who knows railways, and for everybody who knows um, how, yeah, how challenging and difficult it is um, to transform any organization like a railway organization. And you already mentioned something like. That wasn't the first initiative in the life of the Dutch railway um, to improve these things. I guess there were already initiatives before, which which didn't succeed.
3: Yeah.
1: So correct. what what made your initiative succeed and the others not?
3: Um, I think uh, due to
2: three elements. First of all, we basically said all our employees, all our managers, all our directors are emotional, reactive people. So we think that they are knowledgeable and that they are rational and blah, blah, blah and they they don't want to learn and they are change resistant and all of that. No. People want to learn. People want to perform. People like to learn, but they only want to learn if they are feeling safe and that they get the time to learn and that
3: they every person
2: can have his own uh, basically say uh, his own learning journey because one manager needs to learn this the other that the other that so we basically said every individual is an individual with his own learning behaviors his own uh, needs his own belongings his own so people are unique period but they want to learn and they want to perform The second one is people need to have a context, a structure to be invited to learn and perform. So we need to give them a safe structure where they can perform. Uh, And that is uh, processes, uh, systems, uh, IT, uh, instructions. They need to support of becoming successful and not uh, distract from becoming successful. And the Mm -hmm. third one is that team forming, team development is the mean to get it done step by step. So those three elements are the the, the basis of the change. And there was no hurry, so we we were not bankrupt, we had not to improve in in one month or two months or three. So we had time. And we also took the time. And every unit learned in a different pace to the to one direction, to one. End results. So, but they, they gave a, a say um, they had their own learning journey and it was okay, take the time.
0: And what was then the, the main reflection uh, of each team how they could create more customer satisfaction? Was that the central
2: question? Well, it, it, it was uh, both from a customer satisfaction and an operational point of view. But also from uh, training needs. Uh, what do you need to perform at that level? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, and in the beginning, it, imagine our uh, train driver uh, organization, what, 9,000 people? In 2014, you go to your work with your cart and you know, do I have to collect the train, do this, do this, and this. They were not really engaged, they like to drive trains. But it was a pity that we also had uh, customers who want to hop in the train. So you had to, had to stop the train eh? instead of like a nice driving the train. And that has all to do with uh, the way of you giving purpose to meaning to your work. And what we did is basically you are important for being on time, having a safe, clean train. So we made their work again, uh, again meaningful. And if you bring a meaningful work to people, then they are happy. And I'm not saying that all the 9,000 people were happy every day. And I'm not saying that we had, we didn't have any therapy resistant people. Uh, there, in every organization, there are therapy resistant people. What you do, uh, even if you spend 100 hours uh, a month to persuade them, they are not going to will, do, want, uh, like, they, they just they want, to be, uh, they want to be alone. And, and those people are in every organization. But I spend all the time to the people that want to change, that want to learn, that want to perform, that want to have a meaningful life. And I'm trying to with all my team. We first had to identify those managers and those directors and those employees. And with them, we created the new way of working. And that new way of working became, yeah, so to say, this is how we want to do our work. And you can learn it. Take a month, take two months, take a half a year. No, no worries. But at the end, we are going to do the work. We decided how we want to do the work. And, and that changed, basic, bringing the basic, uh, the basic in place. That was basically what we have been doing.
1: Uh, thanks Paul you also mentioned a point uh, which is for us at highfluence uh, very important you said processes and systems should be there to support the work
3: yeah to support
1: performance uh, we call it support the flow yeah yeah and they should not be there to disturb the flow or how you expressed it um yeah to 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 distract from, from from the essence, right, Paul? Yep. And could you tell a bit more about that? Because that sounds to me like you have changed these systems and processes from before where they were distracting and became a kind of false purpose in themselves towards where they are supporting.
2: Uh, I don't know if the two of you heard about uh, the concept of flow flow
0: uh, even if we have heard of it uh, surely uh, a part of our listeners haven't so please uh, okay. please explain and enlighten us paul uh,
2: for example in sports huh? the, the the teams or the 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 top uh yeah top uh, top players or top yeah they perform the best when they are in flow so i changed i, I supported the change at a uh, company in the dutch in, in the netherlands and in 2007, that leadership team said, we are in the flow. And as a coach, I also felt the flow, but I thought, I what the F is flow? So I started reading some books about flow. And at the end, in 2010, I went to the U.S. to meet uh, Professor Csikszentmihalyi. He has written, uh, he has done 40 years of research on flow. And flow is really connected with happiness. When people are in flow, they feel happy. Uh, Time time is passing by without notification. They are so engaged, they are so busy with their work that they are not distracted. And so what I found that I I used the concept of flow in my work at at KPN, the Dutch uh, telephone company. And then I thought, oh, this is what I I have to do. I have to bring flow into departments, flow in processes flow in meeting structures, flow in... So all distraction, I have to ensure that people are not distracted. And the second one is I have to uh, give people uh, confidence, uh, training, coaching, so they are capable of doing the work. So what I see in a lot of companies, they are not giving the training and coaching and guidance so that people can become successful. So flow is for me the concept of giving people uh, uh, challenges but also make sure that the challenges are in balance with their skills and therefore i use the concept of uh, of flow and skill building and, yeah um paul that
0: that hence that doesn't mean that you have to always eliminate existing systems it could also mean that you teach people how to accept without resistance some contextual factors like systems and to stay in flow even though these systems are there?
2: Um, yes and no. If the systems are really a distraction and there are too many workarounds to make it happen, then we develop workarounds that are easily to be used and are not distracting that much. Okay. So systems is for me an important uh, thing about the structure people have to work with uh, but sometimes a uh, system change in some big companies it will take 10 years so then you can better use the system that is there but making it, it easy to use or more easy to use
0: okay um imagine paul that i'm a, i'm a ceo an executive and i'm listening to this story and i'm thinking gosh Paul is absolutely right. I mean, we should focus on our team development in our organization. Uh, we should focus on flow, getting more flow in our organization. Um, I'm completely and 100% inspired and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start investing in this in my own company. And now the time is there, Paul. You can, uh, you can answer. Finally, the, Paul. Finally, you can answer the famous question. Uh, what is the biggest mistake I can make uh, when I'm, despite my good intentions, might um, speed up a failure rather than a success.
2: As I said, I think he or she needs to develop uh, and, and needs to engage this team around this whole concept. Uh? You can't do it on your own with all, as, as you said, with all the best intentions, our behavior we are we are lazy people eh? so even the the most structured blah blah blah. we are lazy people so we need and we are not we are not a sheep with five uh, uh legs eh? so you need to create your team where all the other legs you need to get this thing done this transformation happen so you need to build your team having all the skills and experiences and the last one is You need to have an outside expert to guide you. We we think in our own context, but these processes ask for new insights. So you have to persuade people. You have to challenge people. You have to challenge teams. You have to design things. So, So my suggestion is first build your team, making sure that all the uh, skills that ev- that everybody can bring their best of their themselves to the table, and then ensure that there is enough uh, outside help to make this uh, to support this uh, this this transformation. You can't do it on your own with the existing people. It's difficult. It's difficult.
1: Paul, wonderful. So I just uh, put down the essence of your. The biggest mistake is. Try to try to do it without consultants right
2: yeah but at the same time uh don't rely only on consultants eh? because uh you want to do it yourself but you have to have support you have to have support in the beginning maybe yeah mm-hmm. um
0: That's also a, a, a nice bridge maybe to, to wrap up uh, our conversation, Paul, towards the, the message that you are um, formalizing in a book which will be released second half of the year, more specifically on leadership. Um, maybe to wrap up this conversation, what would be the, the, the core message on leadership that you would like to spread in that new book?
2: In the new book, we are saying that leadership is about controlling, managing your only emotion, your own emotions. Second, building uh, a trusted relationship with your boss, with your employees, with your colleagues. Three, building a structure, an environment where people can safely learn and perform. That, that will, there is the book about. So, three elements controlling your own emotions or managing, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Second, building trusted relationships. And third, giving a structure where people can safely learn and perform.
1: So, Nick, this was again a very special one, a very special podcast guest who has been busy in a very, very special environment, which is the railways. Now, what are our key takeaways from this podcast, Nick?
0: Well, I remember, Thomas, um, directly after, right after the recording of the podcast, we discussed with each other uh, what we've learned and we were kind of confused. Like, if you don't have a purpose... Um, and only a team does that really make sense um and it's only by listening again to paul's um conversation that i that I really got his point that he's trying to make he's not saying that you don't need a purpose he's saying in terms of timeline um mm-hmm. If you establish people around a common purpose or goal, the first thing you need to do before you start acting upon that purpose is to make sure that the team really becomes a team. So invest a lot in team development. And only when each individual becomes a we in the team, only then you can start actively manifesting your goal or your purpose. So, um, yeah, that was <laughs> enlightening for me in the the, the second listening, second time I, I listened to the conversation. And now I get it.
1: All right, Nick, that is interesting. So he is not speaking about general priorities here. He's speaking rather about the timeline. And I think that also has to be seen in connection with the whole journey they did. Because as far as I understood, Nick, the Purpose, so to say, of that journey was already a kind of given, namely increasing uh, this customer satisfaction, right? Yes, and there
0: was a lot of external pressure from the government. Um, it, if they wouldn't comply by 2019, um, I think there, were, there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be any driving trends uh, from the government anymore. So there was huge external pressure.
1: All right. And now I get what you're saying, which is the main message in that case, uh, what Paul rightly did is that, guys, before we talk here half a year about uh, this purpose and about defining customer satisfaction, let's first start to build a team, and I get it.
0: Yeah, and especially if you look at an organization as an, uh, um, an ecosystem of teams, the more each individual team... Um, develops that 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 shared we feeling um that r- real team building um it's almost logic that the more the the easier or the, the faster you will uh, realize the shared goal of the organization makes sense mm-hmm. what's our next takeaway well, the case of Dutch railways in itself is an interesting one because it confirms, again, um, some insights and lessons learned that we've also heard elsewhere, like... Um, the entry door for the transformations we're talking about, uh, in this case, it was the uh, the lean philosophy, trying to apply the lean philosophy to increase and improve the operations for customer satisfaction. In other projects, it's the objective and key result uh, philosophy. In other pro- projects, it's the agile philosophy. So, this here, the entry door was a lean philosophy. And it took them, starting from that lean philosophy, it took them five years. So, again, a confirmation it's not. A project. It's a journey. It's a five journey. years is to inspire fifty thousand people, step by step, by step, by step. And um, lastly, well, the results again were quite astonishing. I mean, the initial goal was uh, uh, to achieve five percent, and they've uh, finally achieved 14%. fourteen percent.
1: I agree. It is very impressive. Uh, I also agree on these individual cases of yeah entry door starting point yeah i still love okr in our case nick i have to admit <laughs> it's a powerful tool
0: mm, absolutely absolutely what's
1: the next one nick
0: well um there are two more i think i mean i i, I loved when he started talking about the concept of flow because flow is so, is a concept that's very well known in the in sports in in, in, in top level sports, um, you see players nothing not thinking uh, not looking at the scoreboard. They're just in flow and they 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 outperform themselves. And so when we talked about how um, supporting processes and systems should be there to support people to uh, learn and perform and not distract them from performing. Um, he put the concept of flow on the table, meaning that he was looking at uh, how to inject flow in every meeting process, every uh, ICT system, every business process, so that the, the, the flow in which a team is just um, keeps gaining momentum. Um, so that was an interesting concept, I find. And we should definitely. I love. I didn't understand this, the, the the name of the professor that did forty years of research on this concept, but I'm going to ask Paul for it and uh, and contact him for our podcast.
1: Nick, I don't know the name either of the professor, but I know that I love him, and I love this concept of flow, and especially when we are talking about tools slash software, where yeah, you and. And, 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 and everybody immediately gets a feel for is this thing, is this tool supporting me in my flow, even increasing and, and sparkling my flow? Or is this tool just distracting me from my flow? And I think this is the holy grail for every tool maker. This is the holy grail also for every software maker. To think of this flow, I love the concept, I love the word.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely. And then uh, lastly, another reminder uh, on um, well the the key dimensions of of great leadership in this 21st century. Um, the first dimension for Paul was uh, the ability to manage your emotions. Which remind me a lot of obviously about self aware leadership, which is a topic that is like a a red storyline throughout our podcast. So um, again, there was the the confirmation. Yep.
3: And he also,
1: yeah, he also mentioned this definition of what leadership means for him, Nick.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So for him, leadership means one managing your own own emotions. Two, building trusted relationships with the people around you, and three, creating an environment in which people can safely learn and perform. And I think that's um that's a nice summary of uh, what unbossed leadership is all about.
1: I fully agree with you, Nick. and uh, yeah, the success with the fourteen percent speaks for itself, doesn't it?
0: Exactly. And with that being said, Thomas, we are now again off to the next one.